I think we're live. John LeBond coming to you July 16, 2019, coming to you from Saigon, Vietnam. What am I doing here? Maybe we'll talk about that in a moment, but what I need first is anybody who is watching this live, I need you to let me know in the comment section, can you hear me? That's the first thing we need to get to the bottom of. This might take a minute or two to get everything set up, but once we get started today, we're going to talk about the history hoax. That's right. People ask me, well, JLB, why would they lie about history? Why would they do that? That's a good question. Why would they lie about history? That's, that's a fair question. Today, we're going to take a look at that question and so much more. So please let me know in the live stream comments. Can you hear me? Can you hear me clearly? Is this coming through clear? If it is... Uh, can you see what is on the screen? Tell me what you can see on the screen. And again, this will just take a minute or two to get everything set up. I haven't used OBS, the uh, the streaming software. I can't remember when I last used this, actually. I can't remember. It's Have I used it this year? Uh, what are we now, July? Uh, yeah, I used it back in January. I used it before I left. Well, did I, actually? Maybe that was November, December. I can't remember. But that's been a while. And every time I use this, it takes me a while to get back into the uh, back into the swing of it. So let me know, live listeners, if you can hear everything, if you can see everything. Uh, Jay Roberts in the live chat says yes to both. All right. Well, that being the case, thank you very much. Uh, if there's any problems, let me know in the comments, please, because otherwise I have no idea if there's uh, any problems with the stream. But let's... Let's get started then, shall we? So I'm John LeBon, and I run a website called johnlebon.com, and I began YouTubing back in 2014, about five years ago. In fact, my first ever YouTube live stream would have been in October, September, October of 2014. So that would have been about five years ago, because uh, it's now July 2019, and originally what I liked to do was talk about uh, topics that at the time I thought was pretty important, such as politics, geopolitics, and um, and what I now call the baby hoaxes, some of these events on TV that might not be what the TV is telling us that they are. And uh, that was the main thing that I was interested in back then, because at the time that was really the limit of what I knew. And uh, fast forward five years, and it's fair to say that I've learned an awful lot in that time. And one of the things that I've learned is that, with a very rare exception, nobody is checking the claims of so-called history with regards to ancient history. So ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, ancient Greece, ancient China. These sorts of stories or these kinds of uh, belief systems that people have about what they think they know about the past... There are lots of people who study history, but what they're doing is they're learning stories to then repeat the story. So, for instance, if somebody is learning about ancient history at college or at university, yes, they're learning, but what they're learning is the story as it's written in a textbook. What they're not doing and what they're not being trained or encouraged to do is to track down the primary source for the story. So, for instance, take a character like Herodotus, H-E-R-O-D-O-T-U-S, Herodotus. This guy is known as the father of history. 
And according to official history, he's supposed to be the guy who was the first to document events of the past the way that we do now, what we call history. And this guy supposedly existed a couple of thousand years ago. So Herodotus, the father of history, is meant to be like the first historian. Now, when someone goes to college to learn about ancient history and they learn about Herodotus, or even in high school, some high schools teach this kind of history, what they're not being encouraged to do is to try to track down Herodotus's actual writings, that is, the papyrus or the tablets or the inscriptions that Herodotus supposedly wrote. Instead, what they do is they read from what you might call secondary or even tertiary sources, that is, books that purport to be copies of what Herodotus wrote. Now, this might not be problematic if the secondary and tertiary sources were themselves based on the original writings. But here's the problem. They're not. In fact, when you look into characters like Herodotus, you'll learn that there is no primary source. There is no original inscription. There is no thing that has been discovered that has been preserved through time. There is no original whatsoever. Now, people might come back and say, oh, well, you couldn't expect the writing to last for that long. I mean, how could you expect you know, writing to last for 2,000 years? It would have degraded. And it's like, okay, so you're cool with that. Are you cool with the idea that we have history, characters of history that we don't have any of their writings for? Are you cool with that? Because if you look into these characters, you'll find that is the case time after time after time. Not only that, but a lot of the sources that are now taken as being reputable or dependable or authoritative, they're less than 200 years old. So a lot of people think they're studying a copy of the primary source. So we, we don't have the primary source, but we've got a copy of it. You know, that's the next best thing. A lot of those copies are only a couple hundred years old tops. So whatever it was that they were copied from has disappeared, and they're only a couple hundred years old. Now, how do you know that these, these copies aren't themselves just fabrications or embellishments or uh, completely make-believe? How do you know that? Uh, the instant response that you'll get might be, oh, well, there's too many experts, too many people would have to be in on it, blah, blah, blah. But what if all the experts are learning from the same secondary sources? So what if you could go to all the historians at Oxford or Cambridge or Harvard or Yale or any prestigious university, go to their history department or go to their liberal arts department or whatever department that their professors of history might be sitting in? What if you could go to all of them and, and you realized, hold on, these guys are all 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. They all have been learning from books that might have been published in the 1940s, 50s, 60s through to today, all somebody would have had to have done would be to have fabricated the source material for the books they learned from. Because if no one's checking the primary source, they're all learning from secondary sources, aren't they? So all somebody would have had to have done would be to corrupt the sources going back a couple of hundred years ago, and all the experts today would agree with each other's story because they all learnt the same story. Now, you might come back to me and say, okay, JLB, well, okay, maybe that is possible, but what's your evidence that that's what's happened? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today on this uh, podcast, this stream. Now, it is uh, 10.30 p.m. in the evening here in Saigon, Vietnam, and it is a very warm day, so you'll have to forgive me if, uh, if I'm struggling just a little bit. But I'm doing my best to, uh, to get through this, and hopefully by the end of this little podcast, this little stream you'll have a better idea of why I say the things I say. Because one of the things I say is, history is a hoax. 
and boy, isn't that a controversial thing to say? What? History a hoax, but we've got so many experts and are they, you know, someone would have told us by now. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, your experts all parrot each other's same stories. There are no primary sources. And in terms of somebody coming to tell you by now, I'm that guy. That's me. Now, you can ignore me. You can get angry at me. You can say bad things about me. That's all fine. But what we're going to establish today is that there are no primary sources. What we're going to establish is that the sources that we do have only go back a couple hundred years. What we're going to establish is that those sources all seem to come from the same small group of people. What we're going to establish is that places like ancient Egypt, where people are like, oh, but they've got bloody pyramids, mate. They've got pyramids that are thousands of years old. Yeah, you're told that the pyramids are thousands of years old, but why do you believe that? Why did I used to believe that? What we're going to establish is that the pyramids, we have no empirical evidence whatsoever that they're 2,000 years old. And in fact, it's quite plausible that they are also recent fabrications. So let me check out the comments just to make sure that the audio is coming through okay. We've got Jay Roberts and Andrew Dyson in the live stream chat. Hello to both of you guys. And uh, I'll just reiterate what I was saying at the start. I haven't used OBS for a little while, so this is like a test run. And the reason why I wanted to do this stream this evening, I actually wanted to do it a couple of days ago, but by the time I get home every day, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to to uh, to sit here or to stand here and and uh, fiddle around with OBS. But today I was like, no, I've got to, can't put it off anymore. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I just want to play with OBS. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is because just recently I've had a couple of people both in real life and on the internet say to me, well, why would they lie, JLB? Why would they lie about history? Why would they lie? To me, the answer is obvious, but I, I've had a lot of time to think about this. I've had years. The, the, the possibility, the prospect that ancient Egypt, and that's what I'm focusing on today is ancient Egypt, the possibility or prospect that that is fake, it's a fake make-believe thing. I was first exposed to this idea or I first started pondering this back from memory in 2015. So I've had, what, three or four years now to get my head around all of this. So there are things that are going to seem obvious to me, but I have to remember, well, they weren't so obvious to me five years ago, were they? Five years ago, I was completely oblivious. So let me start from the start here. Let's go through this and uh, think through this logically. Why would they lie? Hopefully by the end of this stream, the answer to that becomes more obvious. So apparently the audio is coming through clear. Thanks again in the live stream chat for letting me know. So let's get this started. I've got all the tabs on my browser all ready to go. And I mentioned that one of the reasons I wanted to do this stream was because I've had people asking me, well, why would they lie? And just yesterday, I saw this, was it yesterday or the day before? I saw this article in The Age, and that's a newspaper in Melbourne, which is the city I'm originally from. I'm currently traveling through uh, Southeast Asia, Vietnam, and um, I'm originally from Melbourne, and then I spent a few years in Brisbane, in Australia. So in Melbourne, we've got a couple of newspapers. One of them is called The Age, and it's meant to be like the intellectual newspaper of Melbourne, I suppose. And I still check it pretty much every day. I check the, the headlines just to keep my finger on the pulse and see what is being said in the news. And yesterday or the day before, very recently, I saw this article and the timing was perfect. This is entitled, this is the name of an article, Snafiru, and forgive my pronunciation, I did an interview on the Highside Chats last year, about a year ago. 
and I was pronouncing Herodotus Herodotus. I was putting the emphasis on the third syllable, the O. I was calling it Herodotus. And there were a number of people like, oh, ho, ho, it's not pronounced that way, it's pronounced Herodotus. I'm like, okay, what difference does that make? What I'm talking about is the sources, not the pronunciation. Uh, but at the same time, it does help to try and get the pronunciation correct. And um, and so Sneferu, that's what I'm calling it, but it's, it's spelled S-N-E-F-E-R-U, Sneferu, Sneferu. Pronounce it however you want. There's no ancient Egyptians here right now to tell us how they pronounced it, is there? That's another thing we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Sneferu. And it's Bent Pyramid in Dashur, D-A-H-S-H-U-R, Egypt, opens for first time in more than 50 years. So let me repeat this headline then. Sneferu's Bent Pyramid in Dashur, Egypt, opens for first time in more than 50 years. Once again, this is coming to us from Fairfax Media, The Age, although it's from their subdomain traveller.com.au. So this should be on the screen there. Viewers at home should be able to see this. There it is, the image of a bent pyramid, and you can see the sand dunes in front of it, the clear blue skies behind it, and it says, the bent pyramid has opened to the public for the first time since 1979. So this is a story about a pyramid somewhere in Egypt, someplace called Dashur, where they have reopened a pyramid for tourists to go and inspect. What date have they got on this one? Let me, for the sake of uh, trying to be somewhat, uh, what's the word, academic about this, let's get the date of this article for reference. July 15. Okay, so it's dated to yesterday my time. But uh, where are you? If you're in America, no, nah, yesterday your time as well. So uh, so where are we? Yes, let me read this article out to you. What we're going to do is we're going to go through this article and I'm going to use this as an example, a way to demonstrate to you one potential explanation as to why they might be making this up. So, Egypt opened to visitors on Saturday the Bent Pyramid built for Pharaoh Sneferu, a 101-metre structure just south of Cairo that marks a key step in the evolution of pyramid construction. Tourists will now be able to clamber down a 79-metre narrow tunnel from a raised entrance on the pyramid's northern face to reach two chambers deep inside the 4,600-year-old structure. End quote. So what they're saying is that they've opened this pyramid and it's 4,600 years old. 4,600 years old. It's been closed for a few decades. They've just reopened it. And tourists, that is you or me, will be able to clamber down the tunnel on the pyramid's northern face. Carrying on with the article then, quote, It's the first time since 1965 that the pyramid has been opened to visitors. They will also be able to enter an adjoining 18-metre-high side pyramid, possibly for Sneferu's wife, Hetafires, opened for the first time since its excavation in 1956, end quote. How would you pronounce that? H-E-T-E-P-H-E-R-E-S. Hetafires. 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 That's what I'm going with. So they're saying that they've got the Bent Pyramid plus another pyramid a side pyramid, and you, as a tourist, you and I can go and check that out as well. 
quote, The Bent Pyramid is one of two built for 4th Dynasty founding pharaohs Nefiru in Darshur at the southern end of the Memphis necropolis that starts at Giza. Its appearance is unusual. The first 49 metres, which have largely kept their smooth limestone casing, are built at a steep 54-degree angle before tapering off in the top section. The angular shape contrasts with the straight sides of Sneferu's red pyramid just to the north, the first of ancient Egypt's fully formed pyramids, and the next step towards the Great Pyramid of Giza. Architects changed the angle when cracks started appearing in the structure, said Mostafa Waziri, Secretary General of Egypt's Supreme Council of Antiquities. End quote. So the article has laid the foundation. They've told us what's happening. There's this new pyramid, a couple of pyramids, actually, that we, you and I, can go and check out if we so wish. And this one is special. This particular pyramid is special because it is the Bent Pyramid. And so what we're now about to hear from is the Supreme Council of Antiquities Secretary General, Mustafa Waziri. Forgive me if there was a disconnection there. I've got Windows telling me that OBS was disconnected. So uh, hopefully it's all coming through clear. Let me go and check my little comments section. Uh, let's see, just bear with me. Uh, let me know, guys, if this is still coming through. The internet in this place has been pretty good uh, up until a couple of days ago. But if the internet stops now, I can just go to my to my phone. So let me know if the internet is uh, causing any problems uh, in the live comments. You guys are like my producers for this live stream because uh, I'm doing this all by myself, so I need your feedback. So let's get back on with the article then. So we've looked at the foundation. Hey, there's this new pyramid. Go and check it out. We've got the backstory. Oh, they built it for this guy called uh, Sneferu and his wife, perhaps. Now we're hearing from... Egypt. Now remember, this is a country, so in your country you might have a Secretary of State and a Minister for Defence and a Minister for Infrastructure and Technology or a Minister for the Ageing Population or whatever your country might have. In Egypt, they've got a Supreme Council of Antiquities. Supreme Council of Antiquities. And their Secretary General says that... Uh, this is this is one of the pyramids that lead towards the Great Pyramid of Giza. Then they've got another guy called Muhammad Shiha, and he says, "Well, Snefuri lived a long time, and maybe he's buried, but maybe he's buried in this this very here uh, pyramid." Now, the article I'm reading from the article here quote: "Authorities are seeking to promote tourism at Darshur, 28 k's south of central Cairo. The site lies in the open desert, attracts just a trickle of visitors." and is free of the touts and bustle of Giza. So in other words, they're telling you right there what they're doing. They're promoting this pyramid to get more tourists because tourists love the Great Pyramids of Giza. People love the Great Pyramids. They love the stories of ancient Egypt and pharaohs and sphinxes and people dancing funny little dances with one hand up near their head and one hand behind and all this kind of stuff. People love it. People love it. People young and old love pyramids. So it's a big tourist market, isn't it? And what's interesting is that 
Egypt has a Supreme Council of Antiquities. Now ask yourself this, do you trust your government to tell you the truth? Do you? Do you think your government cares about the truth so much that it will tell you the truth of all matters? Is that what you believe? Probably not. Do you trust the Egyptian government? Do you, do you believe the Egyptian government? Do you think that they have your best interests at heart? Do you think they have the truth as one of their uh, primary motivators in what they say and do? Like the idea of objective truth. Do you, do you think that's how they see the world? Is that how you see them? Do you think that their job is to tell you the truth? The Egyptian government? Uh, that's a question only you can answer. But what I can tell you is this. In this article, we're being told quite explicitly that this entire story about the Ben Pyramid is coming to us from the Supreme Council of Antiquities, which might be analogous to, say, the Minister for Tourism, perhaps. Think about what your Minister for Tourism might say. Oh, yeah. Like, in my case, I was staying in Brisbane. Yeah, come and check out the Great Barrier Reef. You know, come and check out the Great Barrier Reef. We're, we're very proud to be here today to open this uh, new pier that uh, goes out into the water so that tourists can get a better look at the wildlife and all this crap. It's their job. Their job is to stimulate tourism. And I personally don't have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with, with governments trying to attract tourists. It's, it makes sense. People love sightseeing and uh, getting away from home or getting away from work or whatever, and, and you can't blame them. But think through this logically. The minister, where is he? What does he call himself here? The Secretary General of Egypt's Supreme Council of Antiquities, ask yourself if you think that he's here to tell you the truth about what really happened last week, let alone 4,000 years ago. What do you think his job is? What do you think these people are doing? Let's carry on with the article then. Quote, as they opened the pyramids, archaeologists presented late period mummies, masks, tools and coffins discovered during excavations that began near the Darshaw periods last year and are due to continue. And it says that reconnection is successful. So I don't know if you could hear me for the last 10 seconds, but I was just complaining about OBS. I'm using a software system for live streaming that I haven't used for a long time. and I've, I've used it at least a dozen times in the past. I've never had this problem with it being disconnected. So please forgive me for that. But anyway, carrying on with what I was saying, so yeah, think of Disneyland. They might have some rides or amusements that remain in place for a long time, but they also like to mix it up a little bit, change the rides, and also expand. The amusement parks, whether it's Disneyland or otherwise, they like to expand if they've got the space there to do so. And what does Disneyland exist for? To give people a good time, so they can come along with their families, spend the money, have a good time, get away from from work and all the stresses of life and I uh, feel good for a few days or for a week or so. That's what people love to do. And and Disneyland, where is that? Florida? Orlando, Florida? Or uh, I honestly don't know where Disneyland is. Honestly, I've never been there. But wherever it is, you can bet that there's people making money from the tourism. You know, it's a big industry and so it should be. Why not? Well, now let's take a look at Egypt and where they get their tourists from. What, what do you think people are going to Egypt for exactly? Hmm? Some people say, oh, I love the food. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, I love the... The people are so are so kind. Okay, yeah, okay, great. What are people going there for? They're going there for the freaking pyramids. And it just so happens, get this, that they're still excavating pyramids to this day. And they're finding... What are they finding? 
they're finding mummies. There are mummies that are getting discovered as we speak. Masks, tools, coffins. In excavations that are happening as we speak. Mm -hmm. Now, in the case of Disneyland, when you jump on one of these roller coasters, you want to know that this is modern technology, that there are engineers checking this stuff, that it's safe, because you want fun. You want it to be a thrill where you're not going to fall off and die. That's what you want. You want fun and... You know, you want hot dogs that are not going to give you food poisoning, and and that's what you want, right? If you're a tourist going to Egypt, what do you want? Well, you want authentic, ancient mummies and tombs and this kind of thing. Well, what do you know? They've got archaeologists who are signing off on this. Yeah, man, this is old stuff. Yeah, we, we just excavated this last year, and, man, we found new mummies. We found masks, tools. This is authentic shit. Step right up. Bring those fat American dollars and step right up. Look what we've got for you. Getting back on with the article then, quote, when we, were t- when we were taking these objects out, we found a very rich area of hidden tombs, Waziri said. Well, what do you know? Yeah, the Supreme Council of Antiquities, they found a very rich area of hidden tombs. <laughs> What a what a fantastic surprise, hey? Because this is a place that depends on tourists for their tourism dollars. Tourists who are coming for an ancient experience, who want to see ancient mummies and shit, and these guys just happen to be finding them. Oh, just one of those lovely coincidences. One of those happy, happy coincidences, hey? Getting back on with the article, quote, the promotion of Dashaw is part of a wider push to boost tourism an important source of foreign revenue for Egypt that dipped steeply after the country's 2011 uprising before gradually recovering, end quote. Now, again, this is coming to us from Fairfax Media, a major newspaper outlet in Australia, and they're telling us in black and white. Can you see that on your screen? Let me double-check here. Can you see that on your screen? Yes, you can. Here it is. The promotion of Dashaw is part of a wider push to boost tourism. An important source of foreign revenue for Egypt. (laughs) Which, you don't need them to tell you that. And you don't need me to tell you that. You should be able to work that out for yourself. Of course. This is big tourism dollars for them. If you know people who went to Egypt, what did they go for? Yes, I'm sure they rode some camels. I'm sure they ate some exotic food. I'm sure they stayed at a nice hotel. They, they could have done a lot of those things anywhere. What did they go to Egypt for? The freaking pyramids, man. Ancient Egypt. That's what they're going for. And it just so happens that ancient Egypt have a ministry, or what they call what they call a supreme council, dedicated to finding the very shit that people want to see. Goodness gracious me. Pardon my language. All right, so getting back on with the article then, quote, Archaeologists also unveiled the nearby tomb of Sar-Eset, a supervisor of pyramids in the Middle Kingdom, which has been closed since its excavation in 1894 and contains finely preserved hieroglyphic funerary texts, end quote. All right, so a couple of things there. Firstly, they're saying that this place was excavated originally in 1894, this place, Sar What a lot of people don't seem to realize is that the pyramids, it's not like, even according to the official story, it's not like that people knew they were there and then people just started going there for tourism, 
you know, in the in the relatively recent past. No, the pyramids in what we call ancient Egypt was all rediscovered a couple hundred years ago. It was long lost, you know, an entire civilization lost until it was rediscovered a couple hundred years ago. And you might be starting to work out where I'm going with all of this. If they're telling us that this place was originally excavated in 1894, that's only 100 and what, 10, 115 years ago? It's not that long ago, is it? Really, if you think about it. And then if it's been closed off ever since then, nobody's had any way to double check what they're being told about the place. And now we're being told, oh, we've excavated it, and there's all these really cool things, come and check them out. How hard do you think it would be to, I don't know, fake all of this? How hard do you think it would be, honestly? Oh, but JLB, mate, there's lots of... Just put aside your experts for a moment. We'll come back to them. How hard do you think it would be to fake all of this, honestly? Just think through this. Just think through this. Think about some of the stuff that people fake for money that you know in real life. People who fake stories about this or stories about that or, oh, no, this car, perfectly fine car, only ever used it. Uh, to this this old lady Gladys just used it to go shopping every now and then and nah she, this this car's in great condition mate no problems right people I mean people will lie even not for money but when money's involved people will lie like like nobody's business we're talking millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars here tourism dollars and you're going to put it past them to make up some stories are you would you really know you wouldn't you know full well this is possible so the question becomes okay well how about these so-called experts yeah the experts the experts they're the people who memorize the stories at universities all around the world the same stories yeah those people what about them are they in on it no i don't think so i don't think they're in on it i think they're useful idiots who actually believe the nonsense they're saying why wouldn't they they've gone through what 12 or 13 years of school then they've gone through three years of an undergrad degree, which is just three more years of rote learning and nonsense. Okay, they're not being trained to look for the primary sources. There are no primary sources. What they're doing is they're just learning in their own native language. I mean, if you do a history degree in, a, in say, an Australian university, you're learning in English. You're not learning in freaking ancient Egyptian or modern Arabic, for that matter. You're learning in English. And all you're doing is memorizing stories, that's all. And, and if you spend three years in an undergrad degree, let alone honours or masters or a PhD, just three years there, the time and the money that you've invested, you better believe that you're going to believe the stories. You have to. It's part of your identity now. So I think all the so-called experts in this crap really believe it, with the possible exception of the people who work directly with the Ministry for Tourism or the Grand Council on Antiquities, whatever they call themselves. Those guys might be on the payroll. They might, they might know better. But are they going to say anything? No. Where are they getting their money from? The same tourists who depend on their bullshit story. This is all very obvious. Now, do I expect anyone who's listening to me or watching this right now to to go from belief in ancient Egypt an hour ago to suddenly agreeing with me? No way. This took me months and months and months, if not years, to even get my head around. And what I've been doing for the last few years is deciding to, well, let's look into the evidence. What what do the experts actually cite as their evidence? If they're claiming, for instance, that a tomb is 4,600 years old, there must be something backing that claim up. They're not just plucking it from thin air, surely. Let me find out what is their story. Let's just not try and say they're wrong or they're lying. Let's just find out what is their story. And then once we know what their story is, what's their evidence... How did they arrive at this conclusion? Then we can inspect the story sensibly, logically, with common sense. You don't need to go to university 
to know common sense. You don't need to go to university to be able to detect bullshit, okay? You tell me that this is your story, and I will think about it. Now, I'm fortunate that I have been to university. I have a university degree. But I don't think you need one to inspect the stories of so-called history. Somebody tells you a story that's ridiculous, you should be able to determine for yourself, nah, mate, that story is ridiculous. So if someone tells you, oh, we've got this we've got this 4,000-year-old mummy, and then you say to them, okay, how do you know it's 4,000 years old? If they give you a ridiculous answer, such as, oh, well, this expert who's paid by us to, to come up with that figure gave us the figure, you shouldn't need a piece of paper to be able to say, yeah, but that's an obvious conflict of interest. I'm not going to believe a story. You shouldn't need a piece of paper to do that. Now, what we're getting into here, or what I'm slowly edging towards here, I guess, with this line of thinking is the problem with authority, the appeals to authority. It seems to me, and this is just my opinion based on observation, that the average person today is incapable of thinking for themselves on a fundamental level. They will always defer to authority. So it's not simply a case of they're looking at the wrong evidence or they're applying the wrong logical framework. It's, it's not... It's, it's worse than that. It's simple than that, more simple than that, and it's worse than that. Whatever the experts say, they're going to just accept. So if the experts say it's 4,600 years old, it doesn't matter how this person is an expert. It doesn't matter who's paying this so-called expert. It doesn't matter if there are obvious conflicts of interest involved. It doesn't matter if the expert's story is contradicted by the same expert from five years ago. It doesn't matter if his story has changed. None of this matters. All that matters is that an expert says something and the average person is powerless to believe anything but what they've been told. They're powerless to challenge it on a fundamental level. And I don't really have time or the inclination to go into too much about this today other than to say that some of you watching this and listening to this right now, you are capable of thinking for yourself. You can have an expert tell you that this is this and you can think for yourself and go, no, I don't, I don't believe you. Your evidence doesn't support what you told me. You've given me your story, but the evidence doesn't support it. I don't believe you. Some of you have the ability to do that. Many people don't. Many people don't. And so if you decide to engage your own critical thinking faculties on things like so-called history, then you have to understand you're going to be in the small minority of people. So if you do arrive, if you look into this for a little while for yourself and you arrive at the same conclusion as myself, that history is a hoax or that ancient Egypt is a hoax, if that is a conclusion that you eventually arrive at, you will not be able to, to convince your family that this is the case. You'd be foolish to even try. You will be among a small minority of people who've said, you know what, the experts can have their story. I'm not gonna believe it because it doesn't pass my common sense test. I've applied my common sense to the story. I don't believe the story. Well, guess what? You're now in very small company because the majority of people will always believe whatever the experts say, always. They're incapable of doing anything other than that. And uh, maybe in another time I can go into more detail about all of this. But let's carry on with the article here at traveler.com.au from Fairfax Media in Australia. And I'm just reading an Australian article, but you can find the same story on The Guardian or New York Times or whatever. The, uh, the same basic story. Let me just go and check the comments. And uh, apparently everything's fine. Thank you to all the people in the live comments for uh, keeping me updated on the the quality of the stream. I uh, don't have a producer. I'm doing this all by myself. So hopefully it's coming through all right. So let's carry on with the article then. 
Uh, let's see, they've got a picture here and it says tourists look at recently discovered artifacts at the Bent Pyramid during the opening. How about that? Uh, there's only one section left here. Quote, foreign ambassadors invited to attend the archaeological announcements were led sweating into the tight spaces of the tomb, which is not expected to be opened to the public for another two years. End quote. So there you go. You've got plenty of time to save up your money to go on this once-in-a-lifetime trip into a tomb that belonged to Sneferu and possibly to his wife as well. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you out there who are listening and uh, watching this stream is this. You're saying I've been disconnected. Now it says I'm reconnected. I don't know why it's doing that. But anyway, where's our friend here? Where's uh, Mr. Waziri? Here we go. What if the Secretary General of Egypt's Supreme Council of Antiquities, what if you find out next year he's telling a similar story? They've got a new excavation, right? Would you begin to wonder then? Or what if 12 months after that there was another story? And uh, once again, Mustafa Waziri or one of his comrades, they had another amazing... Dis At what point would you think to yourself, actually, this is a little bit suspicious, that the people whose job is to increase tourism continue to find the very things that bring the tourists in what's the threshold what's your threshold here what uh, what's the limit is there an upper limit to what you will accept before you'll start to wonder hey hold on a second here mate you keep you keep finding all these all these new things and, and none of us are there to check when you're finding them either we just have to take you at your word and and your archaeologists well they they're kind of they've got a vested interest in all of this because they kind of need these areas as well otherwise what are they experts in i mean they kind of need ancient egypt and all, all of what we're told about it to be real because otherwise what are they experts in exactly so you guys are getting the tourist dollar the so-called archaeologists are uh, getting to be expert uh, indiana joneses you know excavating and finding all these things or at least that's what they get to tell the world that they're doing but uh, but us we, we just keep getting all these stories about new excavations like new rides at at, uh, at Disneyland, you know, at what point would you start to ask questions is where I'm going with this. Let's take a look at the Wikipedia page for Ancient Egypt. Now, why do I want to look at Wikipedia? Wikipedia, for most people, so far as I can tell today, is the go-to source of information. This is the modern-day, and I hate to say it, Library of Alexandria. And some of you will know why I find, uh, why I say that I hate to say that. But this is where people go for their information now. This is, people type in ancient Egypt. They might end up at history.com. They might end up at some other website. But chances are they're going to be reading Wikipedia. People tend to trust Wikipedia. People will tell you, oh, no, I don't fully trust it because it could be edited by anyone. But generally speaking, this is where people are getting the information. And most people don't look beyond the surface, you know, because they're too busy or it's not convenient. They're not checking what they're told. They're just going to read, well, what is the story? And, and they'll be happy with that. So chances are, for most people, they're going to end up at Wikipedia. So let's take a look at what Wikipedia says about ancient Egypt. This is from wikipedia.org. Ancient Egypt. This is the uh, opening segment, the opening section, paragraph, if you like. Quote, Ancient Egypt was a civilization of ancient North Africa concentrated along the lower reaches of the Nile River in the place that is now the country, Egypt. Ancient Egyptian civilization followed prehistoric Egypt and coalesced around 3100 BC with the political unification of Upper and Lower Egypt. 
The history of ancient Egypt occurred as a series of stable kingdoms separated by periods of relative instability known as intermediate periods. The Old Kingdom, Early Bronze Age, Middle Kingdom, Middle Bronze Age, New Kingdom, Late Bronze Age, and so on and so forth. It's a very detailed piece. There's uh, going to be thousands of words here. What I want to look at is the references. So the idea in academia, or just the idea in, I guess, writing about uh, historical events is you have to be able to cite where your information is coming from. That's the idea. Okay, so so if I produce for you an essay and I say, here is what happened in Australia in the 1930s. Well, you can tell just from listening to me, I wasn't there. So where am I getting my stories from? So it might be that I've decided to read the diary of someone who was there in the 1930s and I've decided to read someone else's textbook that was written around about the time of the 1930s that was recounting what happened. And I've decided to track down some newspapers from the Queensland State Library. And they've got copies of the newspapers. So I've got all these different sources of information. And so when I tell you that this person said this or this person did that, I can also tell you where I got that information. And that way, if you want to find out more, you can go and check it. So it's like you might read my essay and go, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. Hold on. You're, you're claiming that some guy, I don't know, um, won an entire sheep station in a in a pub game of poker well that sounds a bit i mean who would really gamble a whole sheep station in a game of poker where'd you get that story jlb so then you look at the little number and it says reference number number seven right so then you go to the end of the essay and at number seven i write i got that from the queensland bulletin uh the 5th of may 1930 for argument's sake so now you can write did jlb information from that newspaper or did he just make this up and pretend he got it from them I'm now going to go and track down that newspaper. So you send an email to the Queensland State Library. Hey, guys, can you check something for me? Blah, blah, blah. They come back to you and they go, yep, that's what was printed. It says right here that, I don't know, Jeffrey Jones uh, lost his entire sheep station in a drunken game of pub poker. Page three of the Queensland Bulletin, uh, May 5, 1930. Now, that doesn't mean you have to believe the bulletin story, but at least you know where that story has come from so you can make a decision do you think this story is legitimate, is it real, etc.? That's the idea with academic writing and especially with historical writing. You're meant to have references for your stories because you weren't there, I wasn't there. So what I like to do when I'm hearing these stories is I like to find out, well, where's the story coming from? Where's the story coming from? Now, in the case of ancient Egypt, it'd be easy to imagine, well, we're getting the stories from contemporaneous writers. There were people in 3000 BC who were writing about what was happening. But that's not the case. There is no information from 3000 BC. Zero. None whatsoever. So so where is information coming from? Well, why don't we take a look at the reference list of Wikipedia. Now, once again, Wikipedia is just one source of information. But as I tried to explain, I think for a lot of people, this is where they get their stories. This kind of place is where they get their stories. Especially because Wikipedia provides footnotes and references. It looks so academic. It looks like someone's put a lot of effort into this. And it, somebody has put a lot of effort into this. I'm sure many writers have contributed to this Wikipedia page. So it looks legitimate. So many people take it as legitimate. So let's look at their references, shall we? And what do we notice? Well, they've got a book from 1988, 2000, 1968, 1978, 1975. Have you noticed a pattern so far? Remember, this is this is a page with stories about what happened 5,000 years ago. Yeah? Two, three, four... 
5,000 years ago. But all the stories come from books written in the last few decades. 1990, 1991, well, think of this logically. What do you notice about these writers? 1964, 2005, 1991. The geographical, spatial, and temporal distribution of pre-dynastic and first-dynasty basalt vessels. All these experts, and all these books, and all these titles about ancient Egypt, but by crikey, they're all from the last few decades. Now, just think through this logically. If you've got dozens, hundreds, even thousands of people all telling you the same story, but they all get their story from the same sources then does it matter that there's thousands of them parroting their stories? What if all of... Imagine this in your mind, like a, like a tree diagram, and at the base, you've got hundreds, maybe thousands of these so-called experts. But what if all of their stories con converge, right? So above that base level, you've got a convergence to just, say, one source... All of a sudden, it doesn't matter how many people are repeating the same story. <laughs> if that story all goes back to one source, then all that needs to be corrupt or embellished or make-believe is that one source, isn't it? Now, of course, if you're new to all of this, you'll come back and you'll say, Oh, but JLB, what's your evidence that that one source is corrupt? That's a good question. First, we have to establish, can you see where I'm going with this? Do you agree that if we can find that that one source is corrupt, that it therefore doesn't matter how many people are parroting the bullshit stories that follow? Can you see that? The reason I ask this is because for a lot of people, no, they can't and they never will be able to. If there's enough so-called experts telling a story, it doesn't matter if that story comes from a bullshit source. Look at all the experts. They wouldn't lie, they couldn't lie. Well, I'm trying to explain, they're not lying, they believe it. They believe this crap. When people say to me, why would they lie? Well, when it comes to the tourists or the people making money from the tourists, they've got a clear financial interest in it. But all of the so-called experts around the world and their different history faculties around the world, they don't have to be lying at all. In fact, it makes more sense that they believe what they're saying, doesn't it? Because they've been indoctrinated into it. A three-year undergrad degree. What are you studying at university? Oh, I'm studying history. Oh, why are you studying that? Oh, I'm interested in it, you know. It's, uh, you want to believe what you're studying because you're not doing it for money. I mean, history graduates, history majors don't exactly get paid a lot. You think about the different things you can study at university or college and you're probably going to make more money if you study finance and get into investment banking or international banking. You'll probably make more money if you get into engineering, especially certain uh, types of engineering. You make more money there. 
but uh, what you're studying history, you probably won't make much money there. You, you need to really believe in it to want to study it in the first place. So if someone makes a decision, yeah, I'm going to major in history, you better believe they probably already believe in history. They believe in it. It's part of what they believe is important about the world. And then you add another three years of undergraduate instruction, another year for honours, or another couple of years for masters, you've got three, four, five years of indoctrination. You listen to a professor, a guy with a PhD, a doctor, he's got another three years on top of that. He might have six, seven years of further learning, studying the stories. So you better believe that he believes the stories. He has to. How could he not? So when people say to me, why would they lie? It's like, well, let's just establish. They don't have to be lying. Maybe some of them are kind of, they know what they're doing, you know, but, but most of them, no, they believe the crap they're saying. How could they not? And we're only halfway through the reference list here. Look at the rest. 2000, 2003, 1997, 1989, 1998. Do you notice how none of these books go back? I mean, in the reference list that I just read you, none go back more than a few decades. Don't you find that a bit suspicious? We have it in our minds. We're convinced, oh no, ancient civilization is thousands of years old. And it's like, well, maybe it is, mate. But what if all the stories are only a few decades old? Like if we're raised from a young age, oh, there was ancient Egypt thousands of years ago. That just becomes part of our framework, how we see the world. The fact that the stories that we believe are themselves only a few decades old, that doesn't enter into the equation here. Because those are stories that fit into a much, much larger story that civilization goes back thousands of years. And of course, we're being told that fundamental story, that foundational framework, when we're kids. They're not giving us evidence when we're kids. It's just like, oh, hey, kids, uh, let me draw this on a whiteboard. What is this? A triangle? Close. This is a special kind of triangle. Pyramid. Very good, Susie. It's a pyramid. Does anybody know where these are? Yeah, me, me. Yeah, you. Uh, it's in Egypt. Very good, right? Little kids learning this shit. You're not... You're not going through reference lists with kids, are you? You're just telling them stories. And so by the time they get to, to senior high school in history or college or university in history, they've already believed in ancient civilization for so long, they have no reason to question it. Who the hell questions this stuff? I mean, even right now, I mean, it's, I've been streaming now for 30 or 40 minutes. There'd be people listening to this going, why is this guy questioning this? This is crazy, man. This guy's actually questioning history? This is crazy. This guy is freaking crazy, man. Is he seriously questioning history, right? Think about it. It's crazy to question history. Of course it is, because we all know it's real, because we've all believed it our whole freaking lives. So the person who comes along and does question it is crazy. Okay, he is crazy. He's a crazy man. What kind of crazy man does this? You know? And so anyone out there who's thinking, oh, well, before JLB was saying his true, someone would have come and told us by now. Who? Who the hell's going to come and tell you? just to have you tell them that they're crazy <laughs> for daring to question this stuff. What? You would question the experts? You're crazy. But if anyone does question the experts, they'd tell us by now. Mm -hmm. So further reading, we've got John Baines and Jeremy Amalek, 2000. Next is 1999, 1992, 1997, 2001, 2003. All these sources, only a few decades old. Oh, but JLB, that's because they've got better information now. They've, uh, they've done more excavating and, and, and that's why they've got all these updated textbooks is because they've got more information from the excavations. Yeah, okay. Okay, so those excavations then become the source. The excavations 
by the people who make money from producing these so-called mummies, <laughs> the people who make the money from that, their new discoveries now become part of the story of ancient civilization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you can you see how this fits into exactly what I'm saying? Oh no, but no, but there are older sources, Jalby. Oh, are they really? You've you've dreamed when you don't know when you're actually being recorded. I'm assuming it's recording right now. So, please forgive me, listeners. Every 15 minutes, OBS is saying that I'm not being recorded, but I don't know if I am or not. So I just have to assume that I am. It's uh, very frustrating. But uh, the point of my story is, yeah, people, dumb people, smart people, everyone in between, they want they they want to have some idea of what we are and why we're here. Yeah. And so what religion does, both religions who admit that they're religions and religions who pretend that they're something else but are really religions, they offer answers to these questions. And so one of them is, how did humans get here? Oh, we've been here for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Yep. Humans have been uh, farming uh, near this place called the Nile River for thousands of years. They used to use the stars to know when the seasons were coming and when the floods were coming and that's how agriculture started and that's how civilization started and that's why there's these pyramids and maybe when you're older we can go there for a holiday that's that's a story that people love people love that story and almost everybody believes it almost everybody almost every single person in the western world believes it's crap so then when i come along and i'm like yeah but you've got no evidence that that's true oh yes i do we've got the pyramids how do you know how old they are we've got experts experts who make money from you paying to go and see them no i'm experts what are the experts? You haven't looked into this. Oh, JLB, you're freaking crazy, mate. You're freaking crazy. Oh, see, religion, faith, that's all it is. Now, if somebody genuinely sets aside the time to go and look for the evidence, the primary sources for Herodotus, the father of history, they're going to learn that there are none. They're going to see that there are none. And so what has happened is several times, uh, maybe... I want to say between 10 and 15 times now, I've had someone who has contacted me, whether through uh, email or comments on my site or through my Discord server, who've said to me, basically, look, I, I found what you were saying hard to believe, so I went and checked. And I also found that there were no primary sources. Okay, so I'm paraphrasing what they've told me. That's the basic gist of what they've said. I found it hard to believe what you were saying, so I went and checked. And you're right, there are no primary sources. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there are none. Things go back a couple hundred years tops, a couple hundred years. Uh, and I'm not just talking about ancient Egypt. I'm talking about, say, the Bible, for instance. You think the Bible's 2,000 years old? Why do you believe that? Why do you believe the Bible's 2,000 years old? If you look into the sources. And the thing is, it's not easy, okay? History, ha- history, and I'm, history the field history, the historical uh, field, if you like, has this amazing ability to obscure, to make it difficult to trace through the sources. It should be easy, okay? If you hear a story about, for instance, the, the these pyramids in Giza, it should be right there at the bottom of the article. Here is why we're claiming this. Here is the expert who dated this. Here is the expert who signed off on the provenance of the text or something, right? Then it should be easy to click on that and then go find out, all right, you've got this book. This book claims to have been published in this year. It claims to have got its information from this other book. It should be so easy, but it isn't. It isn't. It takes hours and hours. I can't tell you how many hours I've been sitting there at a cafe on my second coffee for the day, and I've got my little pen and paper, and I'm writing, and I'm like, hold on. I've seen that name before. I've seen that name before. They have to go and Google that name. It's like, yeah, I knew it. That's the same guy who supposedly found the other book. 
It's like, well, I have to go and download a PDF of this book now. So you go to archive.org, and fortunately, they've got a facsimile copy of the book, you know, from Oxford or something. So you can go and find out, okay, this book from 1850, clearly 1850 isn't when the pyramid was, was discovered or when this book was discovered. So this guy in 1850, where did he get his story from? He's copying it from somebody, and then there's no sources, there's no references in that book, and you're like, hold on. So we've got textbooks today that say that something happened. And their source is a book from, say, 1970. So you go and find the book from 1970, all right? And you say, okay, I, I know what your story is. That's actually why I'm here. I want to know where you got the story from. And so you go to the back of the book, and it says that it got its story from some book published by some guy in 1890. All right, so I'll go and find the book from 1890. All right, so you go and find the book from 1890, and you're like, right, where they get their story from? And you flip to the back, and there are no references. You're like, hold on, what? where'd this story come from then? And so you go through this process a number of times and then eventually you realize, or eventually I realized, and a small number of people, members of my website, have also realized from their own research, no, there is, no, there is nothing before that. There is nothing before that. Okay, so your textbook today might cite a source and that book might cite a source and you can follow this chain of, of custody or this chain of story back to about the 1800s and then it just stops. There's no, there's no, oh, the book from the 1800s says, oh, we got this story from something. No, it just stops just stops you can't find anything more now this sounds completely outrageous because if what i'm suggesting is true then that means that maybe maybe there is no history before the 1800s like maybe it all just kind of just started but how could that be jlb i want you to explain to me how that's possible then if if what you're saying is true then the corollary the logical conclusion that follows from that is that this might have all just started then but how is that possible well i don't know how we got here i don't and I fully understand how for a lot of people, they would rather believe a clearly nonsensical story or a story with no sources, no evidence. They would rather that bullshit story than to wind up in the position I'm in where I have no freaking idea how we got here or what this place is, right? That lack of knowledge, that leaves a huge hole in their soul, in their heart, in their mind. They don't want that. They've spent their whole life certain that they can know. I can know exactly how we got here all I've got to do is believe what they tell me. And they're telling me that humans have been here for thousands of years. So I can know so much about the nature of humanity just by coming with the experts, yeah? Then JLB comes along and says, yeah, but you think the experts have evidence for their stories, but if you check, they don't. They're just making this up quite clearly. And then, and then the so-called experts today, they actually believe this crap. They don't even check. Your, your experts who you think are checking for you, they ain't even checking for themselves. They just believe this shit. They spent three, four, five, six, seven years in being indoctrinated with this shit. They're not checking. They actually believe this crap. But there's no evidence. Well, all of a sudden, all of this egoism, all of this, I'm so smart because I know how we got here. Bang. Yeah? Like a shot to the heart. Who wants that? Not many people. And I think that's one of the main reasons why what I'm suggesting, this will never become a mainstream belief, what I'm saying. This will never even get big in the in the conspiracy culture. You know, people are like, oh yeah, I know the government's lying. I know we can't trust the government. It's like, okay, okay cool, do you, do you believe that we've been here for thousands of years? Yeah, of course. Why do you believe that? Well, they wouldn't lie about that, you know. Even in conspiracy culture where people pretend that they challenge what they're told, this will, still, this will never be more than a, a fringe belief, a, a fringe uh, way of seeing things. It can't be more than that. It's a very, very small proportion of people who can live day to day without some overarching story of 
why they're here. So whether you believe in young earth creationism or you believe in the Big Bang or you believe that humans have been here for thousands of years, any of these stories, any of these creation myths, which is all they are, they're all just creation myths, so long as you've got something to give you some grounding, it makes your life a lot easier. And, uh, and what I'm proposing is heretical to that. I am an apostate. I am committing a, an apostasy by, by sharing what I'm sharing with you right now. And to be perfectly frank, it doesn't bother me one, one iota, one bit, who agrees with me about this. Because it's, it doesn't really make a difference, does it? It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. If somebody hears what I've said, and they walk away, and they're like, oh, he's crazy. It's like, all right, fine. I mean, maybe, firstly, maybe I am crazy. That is possible. But even if I'm not crazy, even if what I'm saying is logical, sensible, and all based on research, which it is, even if that is the case, so what? So what? What people want is to be happy. And there is a very strong case to be made that you'll be happier if you have creation myths to believe in. And it doesn't have to be just one myth. You can believe in a whole bunch at the same time. You can believe in Big Bang. You can believe in human civilization has been here for thousands of years. You can believe in both of them. You can believe in one of them. You can believe in young earth creationism. You can believe in Noah's Ark. You can believe in any of this crap. Doesn't, you can believe, what's that thing, panspermia? You can believe that humans got here through bacteria coming here from space. You know, you can, you can pick and choose. So long as you've got something, some overarching notion of, of what humans are and why they're here, you can be happy. You can, you can be even happier than me. Really, it, it's not that hard to be happier than me. I'm not that happy. I'm just a regular person, just uh, day-to-day living my life, you know. It's, um, so I'm sure a lot of people out there who believe the most inane nonsense are happier than me. I'm certain that's the case. There's many people out there happier than me who believe complete and utter nonsense. And, and what the hell is wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. So when I come here to do a live stream like this or to release my articles, I've got several articles, thousands of words, fully referenced, fully explained. I lay everything out in a logical structure. When I do all of this, I'm not doing this to change the world or to, to get a whole bunch of people to agree with me about this. It really makes no difference at this point. It all, it all makes zero difference. With that being said... I'm confident that if someone had to come along five years ago and explained all of this to me, they could have saved me a lot of time. A lot of time. The number of like wrong trails I went down because I didn't, like, I just, it seemed, it just, it seems, how can this be? How can this be? Yeah? That Plato's a hoax. Like, how come when I look for evidence for Plato, nothing goes back more than a couple hundred years? I must be missing something. I'm going to put this to the side, go and do something else. You know, I went through that process so many times. Whereas if someone had just explained to me what I've just explained to you over the past hour, it could have saved me a lot of time. So even if 999 people out of a thousand have no interest in this or they think it's crazy or whatever, that's cool. But maybe that one in a thousand, and that's an arbitrary number. I've just plucked that number out of thin air. I think it's less than one in a thousand. It's probably closer to one in a hundred thousand. But whatever number of people it is who are interested in, well, hold on, what is the evidence why do we believe what we're told? What is the story? How much evidence supports the story? Those people, and there's nowhere near as many as... Because everyone, everyone wants to tell you, oh, no, I, I base my beliefs on evidence. Like, everyone believes that until you start inspecting the evidence. And then it's, no, 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 I believe what the experts tell me. You have to go and get the evidence to change my mind, right? Their beliefs aren't based on evidence. It's based on what the authorities tell them. 
but they believe in their mind. No, it's based on evidence because the authorities have the evidence. The authorities wouldn't lie. If the authorities are making this up, someone else, you know, like a short circuit in the brain. But for that people of that group of people who are like, no, I actually want to see what the evidence is. I want to think about this myself. I think by putting what I'm putting out there, it uh, it might be beneficial to some of them. And certainly the feedback that I've gotten is that a lot of people do feel as though my work has helped them to uh, to progress more quickly than they would have if they were trying to look into this uh, with no one else around to, to bounce these ideas off. And certainly I've been pretty fortunate. I've got a Discord server, John LeBon Discord server. And not everyone on my website is into the history hoax. There's a whole number of people on there who still believe in history. You know, there are members of my own website <laughs> who, who still believe in um, who still believe in history. Everyone has of the people who believe in history. They've usually got their own favorite period of history. Like, for example, um, medieval history. A lot of people are into medieval history and and sort of like the, the Middle Ages and uh, castles and swords and you know, catapults and that kind of thing, or um, ancient Japanese history and and uh, ninjas and this kind of thing, or uh, whatever the case might be. A lot of people have their own, like their own version of history that they really care about. Or ancient um, ancient Rome, the ancient Italians. You know, there are some people who the idea that Rome was once the the centre of the civilization. Uh, that's a very important idea to them. So the point is that. I've met people and there are some members on my website who they still fully believe in history and it's totally cool. They they can think that maybe I'm crazy or I've gone too far with history. I can think that maybe they're they're not uh, genuinely opening their mind to the, the possibility of, of just how far the, the fakery goes but you know we can agree to disagree and, and everyone's happy. So there are people on my website who don't agree with me but there are also people who do agree with me that we should look for the evidence. What is the actual evidence for these stories? And it's been uh, tremendous for me to have these people to to discuss these things with. Because it's natural. When you are tracing through a line of research, whether it's Plato, Herodotus, Sophocles, any Caesar is another one, any of these characters, and you get to the end, and it's always the same freaking story. Get a book, go to the references, get another book, read, read, read. You end up at the same place, which is a couple hundred years ago. And it's... Yeah, it's frustrating. You know, it's, it's a frustrating thing. So to be able to, to talk with other people who've done this on other... Because we've all got different topics that we're interested in. I started off with people like Herodotus because he's meant to be the father of history. And uh, I studied a bit of philosophy and history back when I was at university myself and what have you. But when I talk with other people, they've all got their own uh, characters of history that they've looked into. For instance, one of the members on my site looked into Pliny the Elder, which I know nothing about Pliny the Elder. So what this, what this particular individual had done was they wanted to find out what are the sources for Pliny the Elder right so they followed the same basic process that I have been following but on a, a character of history that I know nothing about and sure enough their research came to the same conclusion as mine there's no primary sources for this it's all a couple hundred years old tops it's all make believe and uh, so to be able to discuss that with other people who know what you're talking about they, they've been through the process they've sat there for hours tracing through the sources something that almost nobody else will ever do and they've arrived at basically the same conclusion yeah man i can't believe it i thought there was all this evidence but there's none it's like yeah i um i can relate to that so that's been cool to have that and uh yeah sure i mean if if the website got another dozen two dozen people who were doing this that'd be awesome so i'm not saying oh i don't want more people to do this of course i've got a vested interest in more people doing this but it will only ever be 
a small proportion of people who will do this for a whole bunch of reasons. So let me go and check the live comments. Let's see if we're still streaming. I haven't checked for 15 minutes. For all I know, I've been talking to myself for the last 15 minutes. Let's go and check it out. Give me a second here. Let's take a look. Let me go and check this out. Um, let me read out some of the comments. If you're just joining us, by the way, I'm John LeBon. I run JohnLeBon.com, and I talk about a whole bunch of topics, including the fact that history is a hoax. Let me read out some of the comments. It's Fusion says, superb. The jig is up says, lost. Like when a child stands behind the curtain and you pretend you can't see him. Where are you, little ancient Egypt? Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Time to reopen the park. Yeah, it's like that. They close it off for 50 years. We can't see it. No one can see it except the experts. And then the experts say, oh, we've, we've got all these mummies and all these tombs and stuff. Come check it out, guys. Come bring your families. It's uh, fun for the whole family. Validation Boy says, listen up and learn something here today, viewers. You've found one of the best thinkers alive today. Well, that is a very lovely thing to say, Validation Boy. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. VB and I go back to 2015, maybe 2016. Uh, and at the time, I was basically a flat earth heretic. And by that I mean... I had ingratiated myself to the Flat Earth community. I had uh, interviewed about a dozen prominent Flat Earthers through 2015. And I'd spent a fair bit of time looking at heliocentrism and, to me, some of the massive problems with the official story of uh, the cosmology of our universe. This idea that we're on a giant spinning ball flying around the sun. I made a whole bunch of videos explaining why I thought that was a ridiculous story. And to this day, I still do. I don't believe we live on a giant spinning ball going around the sun. And yeah, I'll just say that right now. That is the case. I don't believe that story. And so what had happened was, because I was interviewing these flat earthers, and because I myself didn't believe in the official story, a whole bunch of people came to believe that I myself was a flat earther, even though I stated clearly numerous times, I'm not a flat earther, here's the problems with the flat earth, blah, blah, blah. People hear what they want to hear, you see. And so they were convinced that I was a flat earther. And then so in 2016, I made a whole bunch of videos saying, okay, well, here's the problems with flat earth, guys. Let's go through this one by one. And that's what I did, one by one. Here's the problem with flat earth. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. And uh, it was around about that time that I was interacting with Validation Boy. And I don't follow the flat earth scene these days. It's been maybe 18 months, a year, a year to 18 months since I've paid any attention. Maybe two years, man. Time goes so quick. But uh, VB is, I think, still to this day involved in the, the flat earth scene. And I don't have a problem with that. If, if people are happy believing in flat earth or, or whatever, whatever makes people happy. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've got no issue with that. And that's not to say that I like the flat earth scene. There's a lot of cretins in there. But you know what? It, religions by their nature seem to attract cretins, bad people, okay? So whether it's flat earth or scientism or the Catholic Church, you're going to find bad people. But it doesn't mean that everyone involved in that religion is a bad person. Everyone's looking for answers. Religions offer answers. Uh, you know, whatever makes people happy, man. Whatever makes people happy. Weisslock says, history is manufactured. The winner of war rewrites history. Uh, Weisslock, I'm not familiar with your username. I'm inferring that you're pretty new to my channel. I've got some, uh, some good news and some bad news for you. War is a hoax. 
that's the good news and the bad news. It's good because all those millions of people who you think died from mustard gas and this kind of crap, that's not real. That never happened. Uh, people dying in trenches and that kind of thing, you know, throwing grenades at each other and, and storming storming the trenches and all this crap and, you know, people getting stabbed, <laughs> you know, with... Um, what do, you, what do you call those little knives that you put at the end of a of a long gun? What do you call those things? You know, guys getting stabbed because the enemy's ammunition has run out and now they're fighting hand-to-hand with their bayonets or whatever. And, um, yeah, that never happened. That's not real. That's all fake. And you're like, what? How can you say that war is a hoax? You know, there's all these people. And it's like, yeah, yeah. We, I don't have the time to go through this right now. I've, I've made so many videos explaining all of this. Uh, my, I had a YouTube channel that got to like 7,000 subscribers. Had well, It could have been 4 million, 5 million views. I can't remember. But it was, you know, for, for a regular person like me, it was I was pretty proud of that channel. And I had heaps of videos on there explaining all of this. And, uh, and that channel got deleted by YouTube, sadly. And uh, I will re-upload a lot of that material. But, um, but yeah, war's a hoax. Now, am I saying that nobody's ever been sent to war? No. People have been sent to so-called war. But what you've seen on, on the screen, on movies and in textbooks, that's not real. There weren't people throwing grenades at each other in trenches and all this stuff. That's not real. Oh, but my grandpappy... Yeah, I, again, I don't have time to go into this, but none of that's real. That's not, that's not a real thing. So this idea that people who win the war write history, it's like, what war? Like, you know, oh, the, the victors of war write the history, and it's like, what war are you talking about? There is no war. There was no war. That's not a real thing either. I wasn't planning to go down this path with this live stream, but, you know, stuff it. Waterman Chris says, just look at the silly pictures from King Tut's tomb. Excellent idea, Waterman Chris. That's exactly what I'll do uh, once I've read through the comments. Let's go and take a look at King Tut's tomb. Yeah, King Tutankhamun. Have you guys heard of King Tut? Why don't we spend some moments, some time, a few minutes, looking at King Tut's tomb? We'll do that in just a moment. Bear with me. Uh, let's see. Hando Tanuma from Estonia says, History hoax is great entertainment. Picking berries in the garden with earphones. Man, how cool would it be to have a backyard with your own berry trees? That would be sweet. I used to have a friend... When I was a little kid, I had a friend who I made... Actually, it's quite a story. There was a little park down the end of our street, and I would have been maybe six or seven and at that park is where the kids went and kicked the football or played cricket depending on what season it was cricket's a very popular summer sport in uh, in australia and so i met this kid down there and he had a super nintendo and i did not have a super nintendo and he was like yeah i've got a super nintendo you can come and play at my house and i was like well i would love to do that and, and that these weren't these weren't the words i used back then when i was a kid i don't know what words i used but i was like yeah i definitely want to come and do that but i've got to go and ask my mum so I went and asked my mum, Mum, can I go and play at this kid's house? I've never met this kid before. His name was Brent. And um, I actually still remember his full name. I won't say it. Not that he's listening, but... Uh, I was like, can I go and play at this kid's house? And, and Mum's like, who is he? I'm like, I don't know, but he's got a Super Nintendo. And she's like, all right, I'll come and meet his mum. And yeah, we can go and play. And became friends. He moved away to a country area, but I still got to go and see him, I don't know, on holidays or whatever. And his parents had moved to uh, to this like country area, and they had a stream at the back of their property, and they had blueberries, and like there were blueberry trees at the back of their property near the stream, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. You could just go and pick the berries and eat them, and it was great fun. And uh, yeah, like as a kid, this idea that yeah, man, this really yummy food just grows there, 
know, kids kids can get the idea of how magic that is. Like this really yummy, tasty thing. It just grows there for free. <laughs> and then we'll just go and pick blueberries. It's sweet. And, uh, yeah, so um, if I ever do have a, a house, if I ever do have my own property, man, it would be cool to have my own uh, berry trees and uh, fruit trees. And Actually, I'm in Vietnam right now. There's this fruit. I don't know what it's called, but apparently it grows everywhere. And, yeah, you can just you can just pick it. I'm, a, I'm in the city here, so you can't find the trees where I am. But because you don't have to go far to find the trees, people just sell these, these fruit everywhere. And, yeah, for like a dollar, you can get this massive bag of this fruit. I don't know what it's called, but you just have to peel it, and it's this sweet white. Um, it's like, uh, I, I have no way of describing this fruit to you, but it's a kick-ass fruit. And, yeah, you don't have to go far outside of the city, and fruit just grows everywhere. I went... Uh, a, a person I met here invited me out to like their family area a couple of hours from the from the city and so when I got there they took me for this tour around there this little area fruit growing everywhere like as we were walking around one of the the older people in the group that I was walking around with is yeah just going from tree to tree just picking fruit these aren't people who live in huts by the way these aren't people who live in uh, <laughs> like little shanties or whatever these are normal people who live in normal houses but in that particular area there's just so much fruit growing everywhere that that's just what people do they just eat the fruit and there's fruit everywhere you know it's like living in a it's like living in a um, like a Wonka a Wonka lolly land but the the lollies are all real fruit so yes anyway I'm going to go and have a quick drink of water you can probably hear that I uh, am struggling a little bit I'll get some water I'll come back and we'll take a look at King Tut's tomb and then I'll try and wrap this stream up by uh, around about midnight my time and uh, yeah so give me give me a couple of minutes I'll be back in just a second sorry for the dead air I'll be back in just a second just bear with me alright I'm sorry about that I'm back but um, I got one of these little fruits so what happened was a couple of days ago I saw this lady selling these fruits just on the road near my uh, my apartment and I was like yeah I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind some of these fruits so uh, so I just gave her what did I give her uh, 20 20,000 dong which is like one US dollar 90 cents or something which I assumed would get me like a handful she gave me this big bag like a giant plastic bag <laughs> I was like I was like I don't want all those I'm probably not going to eat them all before they go off and I'm like well I don't want to like, I'm not going to ask her for, for 40 cents back. Like, she can keep the money. I might as well just keep the bag. So that's what I did. So I've got a ton of these fruits. I'd, I've been going nuts on these fruits for the last two days, and I've still got half a bag left. It's crazy. So it's this very, very little fruit, and I don't know what they're called. don't know what they're called, but um, anyway, yeah. Fruits, magic. The earth gives you sustenance. Sweet, beautiful sustenance just grows for free. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I think we're back. I keep getting disconnected by OBS Studio. You can't complain. I mean, OBS is free software, so you can't complain if it's causing problems. And I've used it a ton of times, and I've never had problems with it. So if this is the first time I've had problems with it, well, it's free, and it's been good. So can't complain. So let's go and take a look at King Tutankhamun, then. Tutankhamun, King Tut... Uh, if you're just joining us late, I'm John LeBon. I run JohnLeBon.com. I talk about the fact that ancient history is a hoax. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt. Ancient China, ancient Rome, ancient Greece never existed. It's all make-believe. I know that's hard to believe. Why would they lie about this? How could they get away with it? Etc., etc. I know. I get it. 
I don't expect anyone to agree with me, but if you look into the evidence for yourself, you'll find out there are no primary sources that go back to Herodotus or to Plato or to Caesar or to Sophocles or to any of these people. The reason for that is because they didn't exist and the sources all trace back to a couple of people and it seems as though those people are the ones who made all this up and so other people have come behind them. They've promoted the stories. They've parroted the stories. They've been indoctrinated with the stories. That's why now today in the year 2019... You can have hundreds, maybe even thousands of so-called experts of history. How could they all be wrong? Because they all learn from the same sources that all trace back to the same corrupt source. Why would people lie about this in the first place? Obviously, I wasn't there when it all happened originally. I've got my suspicions, but I'm here to tell you exactly why they did it. I myself don't know exactly why they did it. What matters is that it's been done. And you can check this for yourself if you look through the primary sources of the stories that you've been told about these characters of ancient history in contemporary times in modern times why would people in say egypt lie about their pyramids or about these discoveries because of the money okay there's a lot of money in tourism in egypt their tourism is via people who believe in ancient civilization king tut the pyramids etc that's their vested interest that's why they would lie about it there's millions of dollars in this i personally don't even blame them for doing it good on them good luck to them i haven't got a problem with it but uh, that's what's going on, and I don't expect anybody to agree with me. And if you want to, you can think that I'm crazy. Maybe I am. But the evidence is the evidence, and nobody right now listening to this or watching this anywhere in the world has any primary sources that go back more than a couple of hundred years. That's a fact. And that's that. So getting back on with this story then. Yes, King Tut. Is this coming up on the screen there? Yes, it is. King Tut. This is from wikipedia.org, T-U-T-A-N-K-H-A-M-U-N, Tutankhamun. I had a teacher back when I was in year eight, so that would be the equivalent of your uh, middle school in America. We're talking age 13, 14. I had a teacher of what we call SOS, S-O-S-E, Sociology Studies, or Society and Sociology, and basically like junior liberal arts, I suppose. I had a teacher, I remember him well. He pronounced it Tutankhamun, so he had the emphasis on the second syllable, and it took me several weeks of listening to this guy crapping on to realise he was talking about King Tut. So, uh, so yeah, it's probably more important I do focus on my pronunciation, but like, say with Herodotus, I used to call him Her- Herodotus, because quite seriously, I was doing all my learning from reading, yeah? Like this, I wasn't watching YouTube videos or History Channel documentaries or whatever, all of my research was from reading, trying to track down, well, what are the books? What are the sources? This guy claims he got his story from this guy. Where's that guy's book? I want to read it. And uh, and so that's the main reason why sometimes my pronunciation is, is incorrect. Although, again, let me point out how silly that is. Even if there were ancient Egyptians, how the hell do we know how they pronounce things? Like, let's just pretend they really did exist. They weren't writing in English. Like, look at this. King Tut. T-U-T-A-N-K-H-A-M-U-N. Okay, so in English we use these letters. Uh, what do we call them? The Roman script or whatever you call Whatever you call these symbols that we use to make these sounds. You know, T for T, U for A, T for T, A for A. Whatever you want to call these, these symbols, wherever the hell they supposedly came from, however the hell we pronounce them, even according to the official story, this is not how they were writing back in ancient Egypt. So the idea that there even is a correct pronunciation of these names is ridiculous. But I should try and learn the conventional, like the way that is accepted, uh, to make my my delivery more understandable. 
So I will do my best to try and learn the pronunciation. I think in this case, it's Tutankhamun. But we all know him as King Tut. So let's read this from Wikipedia. Tutankhamun was an Egyptian pharaoh of the 18th dynasty during the period of Egyptian history known as the New Kingdom. So this was about 1300 BC. He has, since the discovery of his intact tomb, been referred to colloquially as King Tut. His original name, Tutankhaten, means the, limi- the living image of Aten, while Tutankhamun means the living image of Amun. In hieroglyphs, the name Tutankhamun, it keeps on, the hyperlinks keep on coming up. In hieroglyphs, the name Tutankhamun was typically written Amun Tut. Why is this in the first paragraph? Why is all this boring shit in the first paragraph? He's possibly also... What, 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 what is this all this shit? Let's get to the interesting part here. All right. The 19... Okay, so here's some trivia for you, those of you who are listening to this as a podcast. When do you think Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered? When do you think? Right, he's from 1300 BC. Okay, so we're talking 3,000 years ago. When do you think his... his um, when do you think it was discovered, his tomb? According to Wikipedia, it says 1922. Discovered by Howard Carter. Okay, let's go and uh, let's go and find out more about this. Apparently, this discovery was funded by Lord Carnarvon, and it received worldwide press coverage. It sparked a renewed public interest in ancient Egypt. Huh? In 2010, genetic testing confirmed that he was a son. I mean, what is what is all this nonsense? Anyway, let's not get carried away here. So, who was the guy who discovered? Tutankhamun, his name was Howard Carter. He lived until 1939. He was a British archaeologist and Egyptologist who became world famous after discovering the intact tomb of Tutankhamun in November of 1922. So he was born in 1874. Spent much of his childhood with relatives. They had a family friend who had some Egyptian antiquities. Here we go. Here's a juicy part. In 1891, the Egyptian Exploration Fund sent Carter to assist Percy Newbury in the excavation of tombs at Beni Hassan. He was only 17 years at the time, but he was innovative in improving methods of copying tomb decoration. Let's see, in 1899, he was appointed the position of Chief Inspector of the Egyptian Antiquities Service. He supervised a number of excavations at Thebes, now known as Luxor. He resigned from all of that in 1905, but in 1907, Lord Carnarvon employed him to supervise excavations of places in Thebes. He developed archaeological methods. Hopefully I'm streaming again. So yeah, his funding was running out. This man who'd spent his whole life digging up stuff in the in Egypt. Finally, his, his funding is running out. But by crikey, he just happens to find King Tut's tomb. That's the story of Carter. Later life and death. Uh, blah, 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 bling, 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 blah. Okay, very nice. 
Oh, there you go. A paraphrased extract of Carter's diary from 1922 when he discovered the King Tut's tomb is used as plain text for part three of the encrypted Kryptos sculpture at the CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia. How do you like that? Anyway, enough of all this crap. So who was the guy who funded this expedition? George Edward Stanhope Molyneux Herbert, 5th Earl of... So it keeps connecting me and disconnecting me, guys. I don't know why. It could be the internet. I keep saying it's OBS's fault. It might not be OBS. It might be the internet here. I should have thought of that. Next time it disconnects me, I might try and use my um, my phone Wi-Fi. So now, where was I? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, blah, blah. So this uh, rich dude funds the expedition. Blah, 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 blah. So that's the story of King Tut's. Anyway, let's take a look at some photos. That's what we're really here for. Let's find the photos of King Tut's tomb. Uh-huh, 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 yep. Howard Carter and Associates opening the shrine doors in the burial chamber. Ooh. Wow, look at these jewels that they found. The scarab. The Tutankhamun scarab beetle. Look at this. Wow, thousands of years old, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years old, guys. The experts wouldn't lie about that. What else you got? Oh, here we go. Tutankhamun's chest. This would be great. Look at this. I mean, fair income. Give me a look. Look at me. Look at this. So you're you're supposed to believe, and I'm supposed to believe, and the whole world apparently does believe that this thing is three thousand years old. Okay. They've found a tomb on their last summer of funding. From some Rothschild multi-millionaire billionaire family baron, some shit, and they've opened up the tomb. They had a photographer. All right, I think I'm back. Uh, the internet here is playing up, and I forgot my my phone Wi-Fi is pretty good, but not in not in my room I'm not sure why that is so the internet's really playing up it's uh it's a pain in the ass so I might have to wrap this stream up soon I apologize for any of the problems that you might have been experiencing I'm uh, doing my best here now Wardman Chris says that I might be talking about lychees I might be I might be that's possible I'm gonna see if I can work this out so just bear with me here let's see if I can work this out uh fruits in Vietnam. As soon as I see it, I'll know what I'm talking about because it's a distinctive, distinctive uh, uh, fruit. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure this fruit grows beyond Vietnam as well. But I want to know what the hell this fruit's called. Uh huh. Yeah, rambutan. I thought it was rambutan. I didn't want to say it. R a m b u t a n. Yeah, the rambutan. So it's like this furry fruit. Okay, like the ones that I've got don't look red. They look more mm, purple. Perhaps you'd say. But if you look it up on, on the internet, it looks red and, and green. But it's the same basic idea. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very yummy little fruit. And you can buy them dead set. Just a dollar. A dollar US and you just get a whole bag of them. Even if you don't want them. Just here's a bag. Just get here. Go get out of here. All right. No worries. So, yeah, that's what it is. So, it's not a lychee. It's a rambutan. But, um, oh, yeah, mangosteen. Mangosteens are even more yummy than the rambutans. But they're a pain in the ass. When you open them, the, the, the red covering it's like a it's like red ink okay like you get it, if you get it on your clothes it's like stain it stains your clothes man 
It's a pain in the backside, and you get all over your hands. The locals seem to know how to open them and not get not get all over their hands, but I haven't really learned that trick yet. So yeah, I try and avoid the mango stings. They're yummy, but they're they're um they're not worth it yet. Not worth the effort. Oh yeah, and the lychees. Yeah, well the rambutan I think is similar to a lychee in the sense that what's inside of it is white, but it's um it's different. I think lychees are actually probably a bit more yummy than these as well. To be fair. But yeah, I've got a whole bag of these uh, rambutans, or rumbletons, or whatever they call them. So yeah, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Now let's get back to King Tut and his bullshit tomb. Yeah, by the way, let's let's cut to the chase. I do this all the time in my streams. I start off trying to be very sensible, and by the end I'm tired. I'm just let's let's just be serious. This is a lot of nonsense, okay? This tomb that they claim to have discovered, they didn't discover it. They built it and they filled it with shit from the local flea market. I mean, look at this. Look at this, okay? The majority of people, if an expert tells them this is 3,000 years old, they just believe it. And they'll never question it. They're not capable of questioning. That's not what they're in this realm to do. They're effectively non-player characters. They never question anything. They're hopeless. But you, if you are if you are a thinking person, you should be able to look at this and go, you know what? That does not look 3... I mean, this, this looks... This looks like the kind of thing you might find in someone's garage sale or when they're cleaning out, you know, old grandma's estate... It's like, who wants the old shitty wooden hutch? Does anyone want this? Does anyone want it? We'll just sell it, right? That's, that's what this looks like, okay? That's what it looks like. But no, it couldn't be that. No, it couldn't be. They wouldn't be that brazen. They would, they, they'd never get away with it, mate. They'd never get away with it. Give me a break. So yeah, King Tut's tomb. If, in fact, you know what we're going to do? We're going to Google King Tut's tomb. That's what we're going to do. Let's have some fun right now. Oh, it hasn't been, I haven't been showing the images. Whoops, let me fix that up. King Tut's tomb. Sorry, guys, I'll get the footage going again. King Tut's tomb. Let's take a look at the images, shall we? Oh, we, yep, there we go. All right. So look at these images of King Tut's tomb. Here you go. Yep, look at that. That's meant to be, what, 3,000 years old, is it? Give me a break. What else have we got here? Look at this, mate. Unbelievable. Goodness. Oh, and people, this is just where tourists go and check it out now. Ooh. 3,000 years. It doesn't even occur to these people that this is a lie. Now, this is the image that I think Waterman Chris was specifically referring to. And uh, I've actually used this image myself on my, one of my uh, pages on johnthebond.com on my um, uh, history hoax page or one of the relevant pages. This, this same image, I remember when I was couple of years ago when I was still trying to get my head around like could they really be be hoaxing this are people really that stupid and I've got the answer is yes people are that stupid this image on your screen can you see that this is meant to be what they found in King Tut's I mean look at this that's a bloody rocking chair right sitting right there okay <laughs> they claim they claim that this freaking rocking chair was in King Tut's tomb and it's 3,000 years old so they can just they can just they just build this shitty room, this shitty concrete structure, claim that they found it, they can fill it with a whole bunch of shit from the local flea market, right? Get a photographer in there and say, hey guys, look what we found. Look at this 3,000 year old treasure. Holy shit. Yeah, and it's clearly a whole bunch of crap that they've bought from the local flea market. Got your shitty little hutch, yeah, some wardrobes, a rocking chair. Yeah, a carving of a wooden sausage dog. Yeah. 
I mean, what is this? What is this, like the, the cheap bed that you lay out for your guests who you don't like? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, there's a spare bed in the living room. Go and lie on that. Oh, but it's bloody bent. Ah, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right? Here you go. See you in the morning. Good night. All right? The, the, the fucking shitty guest bed. Yeah? This is it. This is meant to be King Tut's treasure. <laughs> Three... 3,000 years. Three, that's all it takes, man. That's the funny thing when you find out just how dumb people are, just how freaking stupid they are. As long as an authority is telling them that this is 3,000 years old, they just believe. Yeah? That's, this is all it takes, a rocking chair. Really, King Chad just... King Tut really just had a, a rocking chair. Yep, well, I mean, he must have. I mean, it's here. So, I mean, who, who else... This is King Tut's tomb, so, I mean, who else could it have belonged to? Yeah? Not, not one of the freaking flea market salesman just down the road no no this this is 3,000 years old guys it has to be I mean you wouldn't lie about something like that why would they lie why would they lie about something like that surely someone would have told us by now so yes that, look, guys this is not me making this up That that's this is an image if you google King Tut's tomb this is an image that will come up you'll find black and white versions and you'll find a, a colour version like this this is uh, this is meant to be the real deal. This is meant to be it. Um, yeah. What can I say? What can I say? King Tut's tomb. Uh, what else have we got? Let's take a look here. Oh yeah. What is this meant to be? A golden chair? Is it? Resolution's not good enough. Oh, but look at the paintings, JLB. Look at the paintings, mate. Are you trying to tell me they faked those as well? No, they wouldn't do that, would they? They wouldn't go to the extent of painting the walls of their fake tomb, would they? No. You couldn't fake something like that, mate. I mean, look at the, Look at this. I mean, this... How could somebody possibly fake these paintings? Why, if, if you tried to... If, if a regular person today tried to copy painting like this, it'd take them... It'd take them at least two days. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me, JLB, that they got a bloke in there to to fake paint for two days and then just got a scour and scrubbed it off a little bit to make it look like it was weathered? Is that what you're suggesting they did? That's a that's a very elaborate hoax, mate. You don't really think they'd, they'd do something like that, do you? No. No, no. Couldn't be, mate. No. What else have we got here? Okay, well, there's no way they're claiming that wheelbarrow. It, are they? They're not claiming that wheelbarrow was in there too. Like that has to be their own addition. That's that's a bull. No, that's that's a Photoshop. I don't I don't think they're claiming that's real. Then again, they could. They could they could put a they could put a modern wheelbarrow in there and get away with it. Oh, breaking news! Just discovered that in the 18th dynasty, they had technology that far surpasses our own today. A bloody plastic wheelbarrow from Bunnings Warehouse. That's the other thing too. People do believe that. People do believe that that the ancient Egyptians. For, I mean, they believe that ancient Egypt existed. Fair enough. Everyone believes that. But they believe that those guys had technology that surpasses ours today. And it's like, why do you believe that? Oh, what they built, we couldn't. We couldn't build that today. I know you and I couldn't probably. But what the guys who build the skyscrapers in Melbourne or Saigon or New York, you don't think they could could build a giant rock pyramid? Oh no, mate, not. Not to the precision of the pyramid. What precision are you talking about? What the, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, the, the pyramids. 
they, they're lined up in such a way that you know you had to have, <laughs> you had to have advanced what do you who do you think builds the skyscrapers in 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 the city what you how do you think they're built exactly you, you don't think that the the people who build the skyscrapers in your city have to build it to precision I mean has it, have you guys actually thought through this nonsense for even a moment when you hear someone say something like oh they had technology way ahead of us today surely you must be tempted to ask them mate have you actually thought through this at all nah we don't have the technology mate not, not today no again I can't build a skyscraper certainly not by myself okay no I can't I couldn't design it and to be perfectly frank I, I couldn't even I don't have any construction skills whatsoever the best I could do is just move heavy stuff around hey you Jono go and move that wheelbarrow shit around <laughs> whatever you say boss that's all you that's all the use I would be okay I fully admit it I couldn't build the pyramids and I couldn't build the skyscrapers but I know the skyscrapers exist you can see them so whoever the hell built those today you're telling me they couldn't build a pyramid is that what you really believe have you thought through this for even one moment like be honest have you actually thought through this no you haven't no you haven't alright carrying on then let's have a look oh really they've got a little chariot they found a chariot in there did they goodness let's have a look at this holy shit the discovery of King Tut in a New York exhibit and it's a bloody chariot made of gold They've got what look like shields. Shields as in, you know, you carry these shields either for protection or for symbolic protection. You know, the, the lead chariot with their symbolic shields to look after King Tut. And they've got like a little bird thing at the front. This, uh, this, this prop would look more in place in a Katy Perry film clip. Are you ready for a perfect storm? That's what this belongs in. But it would appear that they're trying to claim this comes from King Tut's tomb. Now, you might say, oh, but, but JLB, how could that come from King Tut's tomb? We didn't see that in the original photo. Yeah, no, we didn't see this in the original photo, did we? Gee, do you think these people might be able to just keep adding to the collection of what came from King Tut's tomb? You know, like, oh, they're constantly discovering new things. Oh, the chief minister of ancient antiquities has just announced they discovered more stuff. Who's going to question it? Me, that's all. Me, Dave J, a few dozen people on my website, that's it. They, we're the only people questioning this stuff. They can say whatever the hell they want. No one questions this shit. People want to pay to go and see this crap. They want to pay to see it. They want to pay to take their kids to see it. They want to believe it. They love believing it. They'll never question it. You can, you can, you can say whatever you want. The lemmings are going to believe it, man. As long as it comes from the experts. And especially if it's nice and shiny... Ooh, a golden chariot. Goodness gracious. This just... I, honestly, I've been looking into this stuff for years. I do not even remember seeing this one. This golden chariot could literally be an addition from the last couple of years where they just added it to their rolling... Because, you know, these, these uh, exhibitions, they tour the world. You understand that? So they're not just making money in Egypt. They're also doing a world tour constantly. Yeah? So check... If you're in a major city check the the major museum in your city there's a good chance they've got an ancient egyptian exhibition 
that's either just been through or will come in this couple of years. Okay, this is a rolling world tour they do, and it's quite possible they've added this prop in just the last couple of years, and no one's going to question it. That's what you have to understand. No one's going to come and say, uh, "Excuse me, sir, but when you, when when I saw this very same tour two years ago in in um, in Belfast, I don't remember this golden chariot. Like, where, where did this come from?" Oh well, uh, you see, uh, they hadn't discovered it yet, and uh, <laughs> no one's asking questions for this man. No one, apart from me, and a few people on my website. That's it. They, they can get they can get away with whatever they want, man. People don't question shit. It's phenomenal how dumb the average person is. Truly, it's to this day I'm still haven't fully accepted it. Oh, the burial chamber. Oh, the antechamber. Oh, and this is where we found all of their. This is where we found all of their wooden shit. You see? Yeah, and then... Oh, in the treasury, that's where they had their their big hutch with all of their gold chains and stuff. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Mummies. Yeah, give me a break, mate. Goodness gracious. So, yeah, so I think that'll do for now, guys. So I've, uh, I've enjoyed this little uh, tour of King Tut's tomb. I'll go and read the comments one more time, guys, and then we'll wrap this up. Let me go and find the comments. Where are we? Let me go and have a look. Uh, let's see. Andrew Dyson says, nice paint job. Yeah, they did well, didn't they? With their, I mean, the, thing, the funny thing with those paintings is I could do those paintings. I'm not a talented painter whatsoever, but those little two-dimensional paintings... I could easily recreate those. I mean, isn't it amazing? These people with this amazing technology that's uh, so advanced that they can build stuff that we couldn't even build today. Their paintings are these shitty 2D... I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. No, it makes more sense that these paintings are 2D because it's easy to fake it. Yeah. Oh, we've got the photographers coming at 2pm tomorrow. Well, whip something up. They, they're going to want to see people doing the funny Egyptian dance and shit. Just go and whip something up. Uh, they found some boats not long ago made of wood. Uh, 4,000 year old wood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Somebody pointed out, who was it, on the, on the website, johnthebond.com, a few months ago, that they've got this story where plastics supposedly last thousands of years. It's like, you leave a Coke bottle out in the sun. Uh, if, you, if you walk past, say, someone's backyard where they don't clean their backyard very often and you see old Coke bottles or old soda bottles, it doesn't take long for those bottles to start looking like they're degrading. Yeah. Oh, plastics last thousands of years. Oh, yeah, do they really? Okay. Yeah, and I, and I suppose the wood does too, does it? Yeah. 4,000 year old wood. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Lemmings will believe anything. So, anyway, where are we? Uh, I think it's time to wrap this one up. I think I've done enough for today. A few technical difficulties. It's a quarter past 12. Time for me to go and get some sleep. Another big day ahead of me tomorrow here in beautiful Saigon, Vietnam. What the hell am I doing here? But uh, it's been nice to test out OBS. I think I'm going to have to look into the internet uh, issues here. But um, you can't complain, man. When you're in when you're in Southeast Asia, uh, occasionally you're going to deal with internet problems, I suppose. But um, no, for the most part, it's been all right. Big thanks to all the people in the live comments uh, leaving their comments behind. And uh, if you're listening to this on delay, feel free to leave your comments in the comment section below. I will endeavour to get back to all of the sensible comments that are left oh that's right one more little thing that I wanted to talk about if you head along to johnthebond.com I've got an entire page dedicated to the history hoax so there's a bunch of videos there 
There's a couple of articles there as well. I talk about ancient Greece being a fairy tale, which it is. I talk about ancient Greece. Nobody died, nobody got hurt, period. That's a fact. The Library of Alexandria, did it really exist? My conclusion is no. The Emperor's New History, yeah, right. You've heard of the Emperor's New Clothes and how there's only one child who's like, guys, there's no clothes. Guys, like, what... How come you're all pretending there's clothes? There's clearly not. You know what I mean? And I use that story as uh, as a way, like a bridge into considering, well, how come people aren't questioning the history? Because history is changing as we speak. Uh, Pontius Pilate, which I used to pronounce as Pontius Pilate, but apparently it's Pontius Pilate. Uh, there was once a man named Pilate Pilate. Uh, he's a hoax as well. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. The history hoax, how does it all work? The history of history, where does the field of history come from? You might think the history, the field, the academic field is thousands of years old. It is not. The field of history itself is a couple hundred years old, believe it or not. Uh, They're pushing back our history. I've got a video there. No, that's an article, that one, about uh, how they're pushing back history. When I was a kid, ancient civilization in Australia was 40,000 years old. Not civilization, ancient. I I mean, I guess they probably pretend it's civilization, the the so-called indigenous the, uh, the Aboriginal culture was supposedly 40,000 years old. Now they've pushed it. They did push it back to 60. Last I heard, I think it was 75,000 years. So given another couple of years, they'll be claiming that it goes back 100,000 years. And they, they just keep pushing it further back. And the lemmings don't have a problem with this because the lemmings are lemmings. The history of histories. So that's where we're talking about Herodotus, supposedly the first, you know, the, the father of history. Uh, the Library of Alexandria, a very detailed piece where I talk about how that's a hoax podcast i've got a couple of podcasts where i talk about all of this plus a podcast where i talk about george orwell's 1984 of course everybody claims to have read the book the number of i met a guy today who claims to have read the book and look maybe he had i don't know but people tell me they've read the book and it's like okay what do you think about this about that blank stares it's like yeah you didn't really read it i mean it's a big book be honest you didn't actually read it did you because in the book it explains that history is a hoax that's all explained in the book all of it okay it's explained that they fake history, why they fake history, how it's so easy for them to fake history, how the lemmings want them to fake history. It's all in there. It's all in there. Dinosaurs being fake, that's in there. Heliocentrism being a hoax, that's in there. It's all in the book, man. It's all in there. But no one reads it. No one reads it. No one reads the book. No one reads books these days. At best, they listen to audiobooks. But even then, they're not really listening. They're not paying attention. But even if they were, it's not the same as reading a book. Yeah, it's all in there, man. It's all in 1984. It's all in there. And George Orwell himself is a hoax. There you go. George Orwell, not a real person. If you go to the top of my banner, where is he? That's George Orwell, right? No. That was an actor who played George Orwell. Go and find a photo of George Orwell. Go on. Go and try it. You won't find one. There aren't any. He's a hoax. Didn't exist. Not real. But that doesn't mean that his book is not interesting. This book, 1984, supposedly published in the late 1940s, the truth is all in there, my friends, all of it. All of what I've talked about and more, it's all in there. So whoever they were passing off as George Orwell, whoever was behind this book, it's like the Bible. The Bible is a hoax, it's not 2,000 years old. But there's still a ton of truth in there, somehow, almost as though somebody knew. Well, so it is with George Orwell's 1984. Is it really written by a guy called George Orwell or Eric Blair? No. He's a hoax, didn't exist. But what's in the book is still fascinatingly insightful and accurate. And apparently knew what was going to happen in the future. How is this possible? 
So all of that is available on the History Hoax page at johnthebond.com. I'll put a link to that in the info box below. And I've got some good news because I've had some people complain to me, oh, JLB, man, I can't afford $5 a week to be a member of your website. It's too expensive, man, I can't afford it. Which just blows me away that anyone could not afford that. But it's like, you know what, I understand. I understand. So what I've done is I've released a new membership tier. So let's go and take a look at this. A new membership tier. If you want to get the good stuff at johnthebond.com, there are now two types of membership available at johnthebond.com. There is full membership, which remains the same, completely unchanged. And here are all the full members of johnthebond.com. There's now also MUC membership. That's right, MUC membership. So if you sign up as a MUC member, you get access to dozens of member-exclusive videos, podcasts, and articles more than 50 hours of exclusive content so at the moment for full members there's about 150 hours of content that has not been released publicly not available publicly in most cases will never be available publicly just for the full members well I've taken about 50 hours of that about 55 50 55 hours of that and I've made it available to the MOOC members so if you sign up as a MOOC member you get instant access to more than 50 hours of audio and video material that has not been published publicly, is not published publicly, not available. Some of it I might eventually release, but most of it I probably won't. You get access to all of that. You also get your name in the credit in the supporters sidebar, like these McMembers down here. And uh, you get an invitation to join the McMember section of the JLB Discord server. And that's all available right now. Now, what kind of material do you get if you join as a McMember? Let's go and find out. Let's go and find out. Why is it called McMembership? Because it's just like a McValue meal for your mind. It's a nice start. It's not intellectually nutritious compared to full membership, but it's a nice start. And it's US $6 per month. Holy crap, man. $6 a month. What? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy, but you'd be amazed how many people I've had try and tell me they can't afford $5 a week. I'm like, really? What? What is, uh, what's going on in your life that you can't? I mean, that's nothing. That's nothing, man. You could find that in loose change on the street if you were desperate. But you're not desperate. You've got that money. Come on, give me a break. But whatever. So now $6 a month, $6 US, you'll get McMembership and you'll get access to a ton of stuff. The Wizards of New York, the introduction piece towards that, where I talk about how the people who scripted 9-11, because 9-11 was scripted, make no mistake. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. It was a made-for-TV movie. The planes weren't real. The towers were not full of people. They were giant props built ahead of time for the purpose. And the people who were behind all of this are the same people who were behind The Wizard of Oz originally. The similarities just will blow you away. You get access to the first part of that, Transcending 9-11, where I talk about the esoteric side of 9-11. What was it really all about? What was the point? What can we learn from it? What does it tell us about this reality? Introduction piece to that is also available to McMembers. And the Conspiracy Ego Trip Framework, where people always say to me, Joey, what's really going on there, mate? If what you're saying is true, then what's really going on? And I'm like, well, I don't... Obviously, I don't know. I'm just a person just like you. But I do have some ideas about what might be going on. So let me share with you what I think is going on. And so in that series, in that video podcast series, I used the film Total Recall to explore this idea that this world that we're in, it kind of is like a simulation a little bit. It kind of is like a dream a little bit. And this whole conspiracy culture allows us to believe if we want to that we are taking on the bad guys but actually it would appear that the people who are behind all the deceptions might actually be on our side or they might be on my side anyway sometimes i feel like there is something looking out for me why would they do that 
I discuss it in that piece. So that's all available right now to McMembers, but it doesn't stop there. Relevant to this piece today, I want to talk... Oh, the Illuminati card game analysis. You get access to a couple pieces of that. Very nice. But here's a part I wanted to talk about, the History Hoax series. So some of my most important work has been on the History Hoax because I'm a groundbreaker, a pioneer, the greatest mind of my generation, the first person to come along and say, hold on, hold on a second here. How far back do your sources go? Let me check. I'm the first person to do that. And so what I'm sharing with you, the McMembers, are the pieces that I've released, the History Hoax, a primer, 1,000 words, the History of History, where we look at Herodotus, Herodotus, the grandfather of history, 3,000-word piece, the History of Histories, 5,000-word piece, Ancient Greece Make Believe, that's a one-hour piece, Burning the Library of Alexandria, 5,000 words. That is a ton of material, very detailed, where I explain, here is why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm not just claiming this for polemic effect, for rhetorical effect. There's there's a way that you can investigate history. Anyone can. Almost nobody does. So let's see what happens when we do that. That's what I do in these, these articles, these pieces. So if you're interested in the History Hoax, this is the way to learn more. Go and check out the History Hoax page on johnlebond.com. There are some pieces that are there available for free. But if you want the really good stuff, sign up as a MOOC member. It'll cost you $6 US, which, come on, that is nothing. $6 gets you access to 50 hours of material. If you remain as a member, then next month it'll be another $6. It's a $6 monthly subscription. But you can cancel any time. It's all handled through PayPal. I don't get your credit card details. I don't want your credit card details. No offense. I don't want your name. I don't care who you are. No offense. I really don't care. All I care about is, are you going to pay the $6? If you do, you get access to all of this, and it's all handled through PayPal, and then it's all done instantly. So you can go and sign up right now, get access to all of this, and so much more. Simulations, sync and simulacra, what does coincidence mean? Uh, how to space versus unicorns, out of space is a hoax. Uh, I don't have to go to that right now, but if you're interested in that, you get access to that piece as well, but I just explained why outer space is a hoax. So, oh, we know that the the moon landings are fake, or that Elon Musk and SpaceX is fake, and all this stuff. Yeah, that's that's great, that's fantastic, but all of outer space is a hoax, all of it, the whole lot, all of it. But we can see the planets. No, you can see lights in the sky, but those lights in the sky are nothing but lights. Why? But they must be. Where's the light coming from if it's not a planet? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. But they're not planets. You've got no evidence that they're planets. They're just lights in the sky, okay? Same as the sun. The sun's more powerful, obviously, and I would argue more important spiritually and esoterically. But ultimately, they're just lights. They're just lights in the sky. They're not planets. They're not giant, solid, physical, massive objects. That's all a hoax. What? That can't be the case. Yeah, well, uh, it is. Uh, the non-doomer. I mean, a lot of people get depressed by some of the black pills. I understand some of the black pills, man, they, they will mess you up, but I just explained why. You don't have to let the black pills get to you. whole bunch of stuff that's me back in my uh back when i lived in brisbane I had a whiteboard i really should have used that whiteboard more I, I made like two videos with that whiteboard it's there's such a useful tool whiteboards and i never really used it properly only a couple times but anyway i've got a video there where i just go through uh some important stuff to do with logic uh, on my little whiteboard there conspiratards versus normies the war hoax and introduction a whole Man, it just goes on and on. This this is a lot of stuff. I mean, look at all these podcasts available as well. One about higher intelligence, social health and well-being, Alistair Crowley and magic, Jan Irvin. Oh, we've got a couple of podcasts where we talk about other people in the act realm. I invited these guys to come and join us. I invited Jan Irvin to come and join us. He didn't. 
but uh, seven members of the website did. We discussed Jan Irvin and some of what he's put out, especially to do with the Trivium, the so-called Trivium. We discussed all of that. How many of these people are still members? Andrew is, Brandon is, Chad, Chris, Fung, Nate, Mizzy. Uh, yeah, with one exception, they're all still members of the site. How long ago was that? July, that was July... There you go, that was 12 months ago. Holy crap, that went quick. Where are we? Yep, we also discussed Jay Dye. I invited him onto the podcast. He didn't take up the invitation. Fair enough. We discussed some of his work and uh, Esoteric Hollywood. I've got a copy of that book, actually. Interesting stuff. And uh, Dave Jane and the War Hoax as well. So there's a ton of material that's available to MOOC members. You can sign up right now. It's very easy. How do you do that? You go to membership, membership options. And uh, let's see. Scroll down to the bottom. There it is. Just go to select McMember. And, although, really, I mean, you, really, you should sign up as a full member, I think. That's where all the good stuff is. This this McMember is really for people who are bad with money and, and just somehow have, have managed to live life without $60. And, and that's this is Australian dollars, man. 60 Australians is like 40 bucks American. Anyone who can't afford that, it's like, what? What have you been doing with your life, man? Anyway, the McMember is there, so... That's about $6 US. So you go to select, and then it just comes up and it asks you to put in your details, uh, put in username, password, confirm password, email address. Try and use an accurate email address, because if you lose your password, it sends, like WordPress sends you the the lost uh, password to that email address, so don't be silly. Uh, make sure you read through the terms of service. It's all pretty simple stuff. Don't be an idiot. Uh, you know, that's basically... That's, that pretty much could be the whole terms of service. Just don't be an idiot, okay? Don't be an idiot. That, that's really the whole terms of service. Agree to that. Then go to PayPal checkout. That comes up with a third-party PayPal window. All of your details go to PayPal, not to me. And then PayPal give me, I think, about 95%. Maybe 96%. They're pretty good. They they take a cut, but they're providing a service. I don't have a problem with that. So that's, that's, that's what I get. I get an email from PayPal saying, you've got a new recurring payment. And I get a web, an email from my website saying, you've got a new member, and then it says your username. And try and pick two. When you sign up, try and pick a username that you like, because I can't change it. You can't email me and you say, oh, I called myself blah, 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 but I don't want to call myself this. It's like, well, I, you're stuck. You're stuck like that. So pick a name that you like. And then, yeah, it's all done automatically. Uh, even if I'm sleeping, it's all done automatically, and then you get access to everything on the uh, on the the member page or if you sign up as a full member look at look at this let's just quickly take a look at this is unbelievable what you get as a full member this i remember when i first started this page and there was like four things here and i was like this isn't really selling this very well there's four things on the on the member section i i couldn't have imagined that one day there'd be all this look at all these podcasts this is crazy stuff man look at this all these videos just outrageous all these articles I can't believe I wrote all of this. Seriously. Look at all this. I don't blame people who claim that I'm a front man and this is actually a whole agency doing this and I just pretend it's all me but it's actually a whole bunch of people working on this. I don't blame them. In fact, I'm starting to think that's the case, actually. How the hell did I do this? This is ridiculous. Dino-skeptic. All right, so what, what do full members have access to? Everything on the site, including the following material exclusive to full members... 84,000 written pieces, 300,000 words, really. That's crazy. Videos, 74 videos at 54 hours. 74 videos. Podcasts, 
Well, my maths is out there. 49 and 1 should be 50. That's all right. About 100 hours. That's just outrageous stuff. So if someone signs up as a full member right now, they get instant access to 150 hours of audio video material and 84 written pieces at 300,000 words. That is outrageous. And how much does that cost? 60 Australian dollars, which is about $40 American. And, of course, I get access to the Discord server where myself and a bunch of people who are into this kind of thing, these are the kinds of things that we discuss. So, yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about. But, man, it's 12.30. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired, man. This has been a big day. Big, big, big day. What was I doing today? I'll tell you what I was doing today. I was researching the Titanic. Did you know the Titanic's a hoax? I don't mean as in, oh, they, they replaced the Titanic with, the, with some other boat and it was an insurance job. No, that's a red herring conspiracy theory. That's a fake story as well. There was no boat. There was no sinking. The whole thing was fake. The whole thing from start to finish. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt, period. What? How, how could they fake something like that? It's easy, man. Especially 100 years ago. There was no... Inter- there was People just read what was in the newspaper. The newspaper says there's been this big boat collapse. What, what are the lemmings going to do about it? What are they going to do about it? Even if one of the lemmings is like, Hey, I never heard of this giant boat. Now you're telling me this giant boat sunk, but this is literally the first I've heard of it. Surely I would have heard of this by now if it really was this unsinkable ship. How, how come I'm only hearing about it now that it's sunk? Right? Even if a lemming did have that thought. Like, even if, even if he was not a lemming, he was actually a thinking person. He's like, no, hold on. You're telling me this, this giant bloody boat sank, but I, I don't remember the boat being real to begin with. What the hell's going on here? What are you supposed to do about it? Okay, firstly, no one cares about this stuff. But even if they did, what's he going to do? Go to his mate at work and be like, hey, man, did you read in the, in the daily yesterday that some boat sank? Oh, yeah, mate. Bloody tragedy. 3,000 people, I reckon. Like, what, what's he going to do about it? You're like, no, nah, man, I, I don't think that boat existed. Like, how come we never heard about it until that story yesterday? Mate, show some respect. 3,000 people died, don't you know? You know? Like, what are they going to do about it? So, uh, see, I've been doing some research into the Titanic hoax the last couple of days, and uh, I thought I would get that piece finished today, but it didn't work out that way. So hopefully get that finished tomorrow, and I'll release that to members of com. So that was pretty pretty full on. So between, yeah, I'm still waking up, go to the gym, come home, have a shower, go to the cafe, work, 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 go and get some dinner, come home, do a two-hour live stream, and, uh, and then get to bed and hopefully get some sleep. And, uh, yeah, that's that's my life. So yeah, Saigon, man, it sounds exciting. It's a great city, man. I love this city, but um, but yeah, when when your whole uh, job, when your whole uh, your whole daily thing is just sitting there reading, 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 writing, writing, writing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a draining thing. So I'm pretty tired. So we've managed to make it to the 17th of July, 2019. That's a nice time to finish. 17 seven two zero one nine. Big thanks to all the members of JohnTheBond.com. You know who you are. There's about, uh, if you add them all up, the super agents and the full members, there's about 80 at the moment. And then you've got a whole bunch of members as well. So I would read out all these names, but uh, there's no need for that. You guys know who you are. Thanks to everyone who's supporting JohnTheBond.com. I really appreciate it. There'll be a call on... Do we organize it for Saturday? Don't quote me. I've got a call coming up on the Saturday with Diapy. Diapy, we're talking about ancient history. This is a gentleman who's a member of the site. He uh, did a piece on the Magna Carta hoax and the Magna Carta by the way is a hoax it's uh, not hundreds of years old it's a hoax and he also did a piece on Alfred the Great another hoax Alfred the Great never existed nobody died nobody got hurt hoax so we'll be having a chat this weekend on the member discord call 
Hope to see a lot of you guys there. Should be a fascinating chat with Diaby Diaby making his debut on the member Discord calls. And uh, yeah, the fun never stops at JohnLeBond.com. Plenty more content coming soon. Keep your eye out for the Titanic hoax piece. And uh, yeah, I think that'll just about do us for now. So let me wrap this up. Let me just check the comments one final time. Any more comments to read out? Let's take a look. Let's see. Uh, Andrew Dyson in the live chat says that only the iceberg was real. Okay, one more thing. One more thing. Uh, to all the viewers and listeners out there, have you ever considered the possibility that icebergs are a hoax? Have you ever considered that possibility? Seriously, like, this idea that they're giant pieces of ice, like gigantic pieces of ice just floating through the sea. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe that's not a real thing? Maybe. Like, I'm not here to say, oh, they're definitely fake, but have you ever thought, like, maybe they are fake? Like, how hard would it be for them to fake that? Well, why would they fake that? Why would they fake such a thing? Yeah, good questions. Anyway, uh, John Lebon, JohnLeBond.com. Go and check it out. Links in the show notes below. And uh, thank you for watching. This has been History Hoax. What did I call this? The History Hoax Explained. Yeah. And I've been coming to you from Saigon, Vietnam, on the seventeenth, the 16th and the 17th of July, 2019. And I think that'll just about do us for now. Until next time, you guys, take care of yourselves. <laughs>